Hi, Tony. Hello. And that's the entire podcast. So a year ago, we recorded a podcast where I talked about going on a hike with my family, and I was super uh, perturbed, I'd say, about, like, we went on the hike, got to the summit of the hike, and left immediately. Do you remember that? I do, but was it a year ago? It was almost exactly a year ago. Really? We've been doing this podcast for that long? Yay! So anyway, yeah, so a year ago, went on this hike, and we left immediately as Pond getting to the summit, which made me super sad because I was super excited to get to said summit. Um, Went on the hike again this year, (laughs) and it was so funny because apparently some of the family listens to our podcast, and (laughs) they... He heard that episode, and so I was getting a lot of crap for that, of saying, like, oh, you, you're going to go on that hike again, huh? You're going to make sure you have enough time to be up there? I'm like, yeah, why? And they're like, oh, no reason. So you're going to make sure you have time, though, right? I'm like, y- yes. And then they finally told me, oh, oh, yeah, don't forget we you know, know more about your life than you realize. <laughs> and so when I was up there, I was so excited because everyone gave me enough time to actually hang out and enjoy the view. <laughs> and I remember the best part, the best part about going up there though is we get up there and I'm like, okay, there's one specific rock up there that is like overlooking the whole valley and it's this gorgeous view and I'm going to sit on that rock and I'm going to eat a sandwich and it's going to be wonderful. Or I'm going to eat lunch rather. And so I packed a sandwich, got all the way up there, mm. and there's these kids sitting on the rock. And so I like sat nearby for like 15 minutes doing absolutely nothing, waiting for them to clear the rock just so I could eat my sandwich. You were a man on a mission. Oh, yeah. You did not walk all those miles not to sit on that rock and not to eat your lunch. Exactly. I Well, I waited a whole year. I waited a whole year. Don't those kids listen to the podcast? I mean, come on. (laughs) Don't those kids listen, listen to the podcast and also know when I'm going to be coming up. Exactly. They should just know. And also what I look like. Like, they should know all of these things. Well, I mean, come on. That's a little that's a little obvious, right? I feel like everyone should be listening to our podcast. So, you did accomplish your goal, right? Yes. Oh, and it was so wonderful. And I got some really good pictures, finally. Nice. Because, dude, last time when we went up, I said, like, no time for pictures. Like, I was, like, running, like, walking away while taking pictures, mm. like, over my shoulder. It made me so sad. And then going back, I was able to actually, like, sit there and make sure I got good pictures and good sna- – oh, it was good. It was just good. I was very happy about how the day's events turned out. You know, since your family does listen to the podcast, you should sprinkle in things like, yeah, I mean, the the hike was great, but uh, – it would have been great to have a bunch of donuts or something. Like, and they come home like, oh, look at all these donuts. <laughs> Where did these come from? Uh, a bike, um, uh, $500. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why stop there? I mean, if they're going to make fun of you, why don't they make fun of you? But you also reap the benefits of being a mockery of the Made family. Of. Yeah. <laughs> it's only some of the family. It's only some of the family. So some of them would be like, why are you handing him a bike? He doesn't need a bike. This isn't even a bike hike. It's like well, a he, subliminal messages. I don't think you get it. 
<laughs> hey, if you don't understand why I'm handing him a bike, you're not listening to the right podcasts. <laughs> then they're like, what's a podcast? Oh, yeah, that conversation. <laughs> you know, I was I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was, you know, comparing the things that I listen to when I'm driving versus what he listens to. And he's mostly music, and I'm mostly podcasts. And I came to a realization I'm turning into my, my mom because whenever she used to drop me off at school in the morning, uh, she would listen to talk radio. And I was like, why are you listening to these boring old fogies basically doing an audio book or talking about the news or talking whatever it is that they're talking? Why? When we can be <laughs> listening to awesome music from The Clash or, you know, Sid Vicious and, and Sex Pistols. I was going through this whole, like, British punk phase. Just go with me here. You know, why? And now, 35 years old, I'm listening to basically sports radio, tech radio, um, hor- horror radio, uh, educational radio. So... Mom, you you definitely rubbed off on me uh, from an audio standpoint. So thank you. Thank you for that. I actually have a piece of follow-up as well. You remember the conversation that we had regarding Instagram accounts or social media accounts where two people share said account and how annoying it is? Um, Which is the worst. Which is the worst. Good news. One of my friends who are married and they had the, the joint account now have two separate Instagram accounts. So I no longer have to be forced to follow the wife who I kind of know, and I, I can follow the husband who I know much better and not confuse the two, and it's just easier. So do you know who you are? I don't think you listen to this podcast, but you know who you are. <laughs> not going to say your names, but thank you. And for those of you that are listening and are considering having one account, just have two, okay? Just just skip that idea in your brain, pop it out, and just have two like a normal human. Just remember, it helps no one, and it hurts everyone. It does not help you. It is just annoying. And if you can't trust each other to not have one, like two different accounts, if you can't have that level of trust, maybe you need to figure out other problems before Facebook. Because really, though, like, people don't think about that. Like, you, if you can't trust each other online, where can you? <laughs> so the other day, I saw a video of an old news channel that were discrediting Mr. Rogers, of all people. And saying that he's making kids, like, feel like special snowflakes and not everyone is special. And, like, really really downing him and i'm like Mm. how how do you do that to like the nicest man on earth yeah and originally i thought it was like a parody video i thought it was something from like the onion or something and no that it sounds like it yeah it's a real thing were they saying mr rogers himself is a terrible person or were they saying the message is not Uh, a good message yeah the the message is bad the message is bad for kids to feel like they are special in any way i wonder what they think about the teletubbies then (laughs) because i mean if if you think of any 
child programming for kids, you know, pre-K to like kindergarten and even like toddler era, like even Barney. Barney, I love you. You love me. We're a happy family. You know, in in the wrong context, that's clearly not going to be the case. And that's this whole era of how come everybody is getting a participation trophy. That's the problem that I think these news anchors had about Mr. Rogers is to say, yes, you're cool in your own way. But just by being you, it doesn't mean that you're going to be liked by everyone. It doesn't mean that you're going to be successful. But the way that Mr. Rogers was poising it was just like, hey, if everyone is like this, then we're not going to have that conflict. The problem is, even after seeing Mr. Rogers, you and I both know everyone is definitely not like that. Majority of people do not give people a second chance. Majority of people do not give people the time of day. Majority of people don't care about the human being that's on the side of next to them. So I think what these news anchors were saying was like, they're preparing these kids for failure because if they go out into the world happy-go-lucky and the first thing that happens to them on the playground is someone pushes them, it's going to be like, wait a minute. I thought everyone was cool. I thought everyone was like in a good mood. And why is this person like trying to tear me down? So I can see why why they were dismissive and discrediting Rogers from that standpoint. But the problem but the problem is you can't tell kids that the world is a terrible place right off the bat. You there's a way to ease it in. And just by just outright saying, as that as that co-anchor said, Mr. Rogers is an evil man. I'm like, calm down. Chill out, lady. <laughs> the other thing that I have issue with is, like, they, judging by their age, like, they would have grown up with Mr. Rogers. And so it's very confusing why they think he's, like, evil. And it's like, you... You didn't turn out like that, did you? No? You you have that strong opinion against like the participation trophy, everyone's a winner, blah blah blah. Huh. Doesn't seem to have affected you. Why would why do you think it's gonna continue to affect other people? I, I, I really do and I don't want to get political here, but we're talking about a show that is Fox and Friends. Okay? It's a right wing <laughs> show. And I'm not trying to generalize, but I'm just saying there there are some similarities in the mindset of those people that also watch that show and the people that uh, host those shows now and back then. And to, so back to your point, did they grow up watching Mr. Rogers? Maybe. And yeah, maybe you're right. Like it, it didn't affect them. But at the time, Mr. Rogers wasn't as big when they were kids as Mr. Rogers was when they're adults. So I think that's the other thing there. His show got syndicated and his show became like a, not just a national pastime, but like an international phenomenon. What do you think was great when you were a kid, but now in retrospect, you think might be bad. Something that I watched as a kid and I wouldn't let a kid like my kid watch. Can I give you an example? Sure. Tom and Jerry. 
when we're kids, Tom and Jerry is great. It's so much fun. When you're a little bit older and you're realizing that basically this is mass violence and it might be kind of pulling strings here, but it is violence and it is something that could be duplicated because for the most part, it is cartoon humor, but for also for the most part, it is things that another another human could do to another human. Not so much running through a mouse door, that's impossible, but like using a spatula to slam against somebody's face. So I, I could see parents now being Did like, hey. Did you ever mimic any behaviors on Tom and Jerry? Well, no, I never mimicked any behaviors of WWE, WWF, ECW, uh, Power Rangers, none of that. But people were up in arms about that in the 90s. People were so scared that kids are going to go to school and just start gut punching people because they saw it on TV. <laughs> well, this goes back to the old video game conversation of like, it's not the video games that cause violence. It's the parents not, you know, being with their kids, right? Very much the same thing. It's not just about being with the kids, but it's also educating the kids. Like you could be there with the kid and play along with the kid, but if you don't, let the kid know, hey, by the way, when we turn this off, we go back to real life. Oh, yeah, and that's that's the other thing. Is like I'd, I'd much rather let my kid watch Tom and Jerry than WWE because it's like it's, it's a very clear line. This is a cartoon. These are cartoon characters that if they get hit by 10 tons of C4, mm. they're fine. You get hit by one ton of C4, and you're gone. The issue of telling the kids that you're special... And also trying to teach them that the world isn't a happy-go-lucky place. It's it's a fine line. As as a father, you know, bringing up my son and bringing up my my daughter, there are de- definite times where I'll give them. I wouldn't consider it to be the harsh truth, but I'll tell them that's not how life works. You don't get what you want just because you really, 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 really want it. Then there are other times where I'll say, you know what? I'm in a good mood. You get what you want. I think if 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 one is able to find the balance and will also be able to identify when those times are, that is something that can be instilled because there's no black and white life isn't just hey you're special happy go lucky but life isn't also hey you suck (laughs) (laughs) and no one loves you right it's both i also think that you don't want to start off with the bad like you gotta let them kind of figure that out also themselves of you know love everyone but also know that not everyone can be trusted Like, don't, you know, you trust someone, but, like, don't trust them with your wallet, you know? I still, like, after, even with everything, like, I still think the saying Mr. Rogers is an evil man is a bit much. Oh, yeah. No, that goes without saying. Um, I don't think anyone in the political climate that we're in now would be able to get away with that whatsoever. (laughs) Just laughed off the stage status. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. He'd just be like, uh, technical difficulties. We'll be back after these messages. Like, what did you say that for? <laughs> now it's on Twitter. 
<laughs> and it's got like 500 likes. And they're not good likes. They're the ones that keep it so they remember to come back and yell at you. Have you put more time in Destiny? No. Rude. I'm sorry. I really am. But uh, this last week, I mean, you've noticed I haven't been, I barely gamed this last week. Yeah, and you're always on PUBG. And I keep telling you, Destiny. Get some get some more kills in, because De- PUBG is not the place to be training on first person shooters. Don't get me wrong, you've earned you've learned a lot, you've learned a ton, but you probably have like a couple hundred kills over the course of several hundred matches of PUBG. Maybe what's it to you, bub? The fact that that is not training. Like you run into a handful of people the entirety of a PUBG match not learning anything other than Loot Simulator 2018. Ooh, is there a 2019 version coming out? I'm sure there is, but we're all hoping for the the winter map, which Mm. I'm hoping has like a Gamescom announcement, because I know that's, what, tomorrow? Well, tomorrow for when we're recording. Right, the 21st. Yeah, there's supposed to be a... Well, there's supposed to be a PUBG announcement, right? And they already said that there's going to be a winter map. And... Sandhawk, like that should be an obvious one of you know being announced mm. but what about like new map you know like hey there's that winter map you've been talking about i just i'm concerned how they're going to handle like footprints because they keep talking about like oh like you, you see in the trailer like he's making footprints and people are like yeah. oh it'd yeah. be fun to track footprints and tire tracks and stuff and i'm like that game's already in, in under enough load as it is <laughs> and now you have to keep all these like footprints and tracks and everything in the snow. That just sounds like so much more. <laughs> now, is winter going to be a weather event or is winter going to be its own map? I think it's going to be its own map. I really hope so. I I don't think any of the current maps would be crazy with winter effects unless they had like you know, a foggy winter. Um, But they already, you know, in the test server right now, uh, they're testing weather effects. I don't know if you've seen them or not. Yeah, no, we, you and I both uh, were scared out of our wits by thunder when uh, that, that, that happened. (laughs) Big old thunderclap. Both of us jump out of our chairs. Yeah, pretty much. I was like that. That's not a sound I've ever heard from this game. I, (laughs) I'm going, I'm going out. I'm going under the stairs. I don't like this. I'm going to hide under here. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Let me know when it's over. All right. I'll try and get on Destiny. It's just... It, it, this is... The thing that I was afraid of is actually happening. And because I only spent, you know, 16 or $20 for the game, it, it doesn't hurt me that much. But I think if I spent the full 60 I wouldn't have invested more time and effort. But But because I spent the discount price... Um, I'm just not like eager to get on it. Like when I come home and after I do all the things that I need to do and I've got time to play video games and none of you guys are on, I'll pick up where I left off in Tomb Raider, you know? And then like, oh, Destiny's there. I guess I'll do Destiny. Oh, let me play Madden and I'll play Madden. And then I'll stop that. And then I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do desktop. Oh, it's really late. I should just go to bed. And I go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, it's getting fun with uh, my wife that she's getting like, well, has gotten into Destiny so much. Um, Destiny's running a special event right now, and it's only available for this month, and she's trying to bust it all out. And so when we went up to Snowbird for our annual vacation, um, she like she was like, hey, let's bring one of your computer monitors so we have two screens. And I'm just thinking, like, how, comparison uh, to what would it be like uh, two years ago when she w- wasn't playing games. And she, I'd be like, let's bring up another monitor. And she's like, what? What? No. And now she's like, please, please, can we do that? <laughs> this is this is my idea. Look what you did to me. You turned <laughs> me into a fault. gaming monster. <laughs> We've had a great number of firefighters uh, helping out the California wildfires over the past month or so. One of the big ones being the car. Uh, fire. Then there's the Mendocino Complex fire, which which started in July. It's about 350,000 acres here in Northern California. It's crazy. Um, oh, all the fires are crazy. I mean, the whole it it's like insane. The whole planet's on fire right now. It well, this is just California, and I I'd like to your point. I'd like to point out there. This is such a dry weather. That there's like wildfires going across not just like North America but also in Europe. It's 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 insane. Like if, if you didn't believe in global warming before, explain this to me now, please. The the at least here in Northern California, there were about under just shy of fifteen thousand firefighters um, helping out and trying to battle this fire, and there were around two thousand volunteer inmate firefighters now this means two thousand convicted inmates battling the fire they're essentially free to roam about to help this fire go out dude that's awesome isn't it though (laughs) like I think right. it's great that they're that they're doing this because they're they're really showing. So first off, they're volunteers. Um, they have to pass tests. Uh, in addition to that, not anyone can do this. Like you have to have a minimum custody. There's you cannot be committed of arson, obviously. Uh, <laughs> No, (laughs) although, although one might, one might say like, well, maybe an arsonist would know where the origination of the fire started because he has a lot of experience in that. I don't know. Bad joke. But so no arson, no rape, no sex offenses, uh, no murder. Not only are they, are they basically volunteer, but they're also paid. Now, mind you, they're not paid, you know, normal wages. They're paid two dollars a day and then one dollar an hour when they're actually fighting the fire okay this is this has been going on since 1915 dude this this was a bill that was instated at the almost at the turn of the century because why the hell not I mean there's obviously more reasoning to it but that's my thing why not because to have 
anybody of any caliber risk their lives to help fight a fire who don't grow up to say, I want to be a firefighter. For the most part, these individuals, men and women don't grow up to do that. They, you know, they, they grow up to do other things and they commit these other nonviolent crimes, but they still say, you know what? I want to try and give back. I want to look good for my parole board, but I'm also trying to show that I've changed. This is what I'm doing. Now, the problem is there's some people think that this is slave labor. (laughs) (laughs) But slave labor is non-optional. This is optional. You can opt out, correct? Like, you can say, like, nope, not doing that. And they're like, okay. Well, this is is volunteer. Yeah. So I don't see why. I mean, if you we know that there are odd jobs in prison that you can do to work to get like money for the commissary. Uh, I don't know what those jobs would equate to, 50 cents a day or, or whatever it is, but it's pennies compared to what you and I would make if we got the same jobs in the general populace, in the real world. Um, but you're right. To to call it slave labor is it's a little much. I mean, are we calling it slave labor when they used to punch out uh, license plates? Is that slave labor? I mean, they they still got paid for it. It's not the greatest of job. No, we're not calling it glamorous. But, you know, it's still a job. What's the other option? Just hanging out in your cell or in the... I was going to call it a quad. <laughs> in the yard? I, I don't know. I, I just... I don't see a downside here. Like, has there been downsides? Have things happened? Like, I would imagine occasionally you'd get the one person that would be like, ah, you know, run away, whatever. But other than that, like, I don't see a particular downside. You'd be hard-pressed to be, like, you know, convincing me of, okay, well, uh, we had two people try to escape. Okay, how many is that out of how many? Because if you have 500 people and two try to escape, who cares? Like, obviously, you need to stop those people. You need to... Um, capture them or whatever you you got to do, like, obviously. But like that—that's so worth the risk. That's so I mean, worth it. It's uh, you get to rehabilitate people, get them back into society, and I'd imagine if that thing's been going on for a hundred years, like you've been saying, I'd imagine that some of these people have actually left uh, prison to become actual firefighters. Well. There's the rub, because when you and I I was doing a little bit of research about that specific topic and most of the fire departments, not all, but most fire departments require firefighters to have a licensed EMT like certification. And they also typically like deny applications with any kind of criminal history. So even if you were to go in there and say, Hey, yes, I was incarcerated. I am now rehabilitated. And by the way, I helped fight, uh, I helped fight one of the largest, uh, wildfires in Northern California in 2018. They would say, great, but all we see is you've been incarcerated and we don't want to risk it. So sorry. Jeez. And that's, that's a bit rough. Well, again, this is most fire departments. 
and there, you know, there, there's there's other fire departments that might say, yeah, sure, why not? Because um, you know, when when you get a job, they do a background check on you. The criminal background check is definitely one of them. Um, I think one of the rules, and in, uh, in, in in like you know, when you get job placements, is that you know depending on the severity of the of the crime you cannot discriminate against that person for doing a crime in fact there are some places that will pay you more from government tax uh, government grants to say hey if you do hire this person that is um, a felon we will give you extra funding for hiring them and uh I don't know if they would do that with the fire department or not, but that's another incentive that uh, that is allowed and available uh, in certain states. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very reasonable reward for uh, hiring felons. Like, I'm not a big fan of that when they do uh, diversity hires. Like, I think it should just be level playing field in the first place. Obviously, that's another whole conversation. Um, I, but I do think that having a little incentive for hire, like taking a chance on someone is good. I mean, it costs so much to hire someone to take a chance on them. You know, depending on the size of your organization, you might not be able to afford to take that chance. So again, to the point of not hiring people that might have a, a uh, a storied history. I I I can understand that, but yeah, it's it's a shame because I mean I th- and again this is a whole another conversation. The idea of putting somebody in prison and then releasing them isn't to release them to say, okay, here's the screw up, treat him like crap. That's not the point. The The point is to... The, the, the word penitentiary basically comes from the Latin word deriving penance. Right? Like the, the religious term. Right. The, like, paying for your crimes. Exactly. So they did that. And now they're out. Now, I'm not saying give all the child rapist murdery people jobs i'm not saying that but i am saying there is a level in which there are going to be people that made a mistake and it you know a small mistake and while they were in the clink they were also trying to you know really show that they're here for society and when they get out and society basically continues to turn their back on them, why do you think there are so many people that just go right back in there? It's, it's, again, this is another conversation. I don't want to lump it into this, but yeah. Um, I think what these volunteer inmates are doing is great. I think that we should continue funding it. If, you know, if it's being taxed out from me to fund something like this, so be it. Slave labor, that's as much hyperbole as calling Mr. Rogers evil. (laughs) I 
I definitely would agree with that. There is no reason to call it slave labor. It's fully volunteered. Um, you don't have to do it by any means. I, I wonder, like, I, I'm trying to, because I always try to figure out, like, okay, where are you coming from kind of status? You know, where, what, what's in your brain that's making you think this? And so I'm, tr- I'm trying to rack my brain around the whole slave labor thing, trying to spin it in my head in a way that it, like, is slave labor. And I just, I can't. I can't figure out where they're coming from on this. Can you, can you, like, take a second, like, look this up? Can we, can we take just a second and see if we can figure out where this is coming from? Well, I, I actually, it's funny you should ask that because I was looking at that earlier and I thought that's, that's, that's a little much to call it slave labor, especially for the fact that they're volunteering themselves. Like they could say yes or no in the first place. They're not being forced to do this job. Um, and they're being, they're, they're being paid. Um, so I want to point out a when we had slavery being legal at the tail end of it, there were actually slaves that were paid. Like they were owned by people, but they got some sort of payment, whether it was like once a month, you got a dollar or whatever, but it was still considered a slave that earned money. It wasn't heard of. It wasn't popular, obviously, but but some landowners did do it. Um, Now, fast forward to this. uh, Former Richard Mayor Gail McLaughlin called it or is calling this uh, inmate firefighters tantamount to slave labor. She's not saying they shouldn't do it. She's saying they're not paid enough. They're risking their lives for a dollar an hour. That's that's abhorrent. Okay. Um, I do and agree. I, I do agree with that. I whole, agree too. Yeah, I agree that they should be paid more. But at the same time, there's a key word there. Volunteer. When I hear the word volunteer, I don't think I'm getting paid. If someone says, do you want to volunteer to help? I don't expect any sort of compensation if you give me you know lunch or something or you actually turn out and be like hey actually we you know we had these little gift cards for you something great awesome but i am not expecting anything i am expecting zero compensation when i hear the word volunteer so if i am willing to do something that is completely free on my end and you end up paying me like awesome super awesome but the like teachers aren't paid enough and they like aren't in prison they did not volunteer for this and they're not paid enough these people are definitely risking their lives but they're volunteering to risk their lives if you compare the the amount that they're making compared to other jobs like i said earlier in the prison it is one of the more higher paying jobs um they get two dollars a day uh, when there's no fire they get a dollar per hour when there is fire. I mean, it's it, it sounds, just monetarily speaking, it sounds great. But you compare that to the real world, how much, like, actually employed firefighters, men and women, get paid. It's, it's minuscule. Right. But, again, you do that with any job. You know, you compare how much someone that's sweeping the floors at the prison 
compared to a custodian at a high school. It's not the most sought after job in either situation, but the custodian at the high school is probably making a lot more. That that is that that is, you know, one of the things. Now I don't have a solution for that, you know? I mean the other solution is don't give anybody jobs and no one makes money in prison and then they're left to to rot and left to fend on their own and figure out other ways to pass the time. That sucks. So while I'm I'm thinking fifty cents a day or fifty cents an hour is not the greatest, it's still something and it's allowing these men and women to, you know, do their time and make the best of it. So now if this person or somebody else is saying, yes, this is slave labor and we've instilled a new bill to pay them $7 a day and $6 per hour during five, that's cool. That's great. But just to just say it's tantamount to the slave labor and not have a good solution for it, that's that's a little bit something different. I just think it all hinges on that, that term of volunteer. Just You're wasting my time calling it slave labor like it it's i'm sorry no (laughs) i feel like you're just trying to make an issue out of a non-issue so i saw an interesting question posed online the other day which was what is something that if introduced today would be illegal and the top answer was cigarettes which i fully agree with Hmm. Wanted to see if you had any ideas or anything like that. So under this hypothetical, if we didn't have cigarettes, are you also saying that anything else, tobacco, wouldn't have been introduced way back in the whatever (laughs) when they were introduced? You're saying just now tobacco is a thing in Um, all forms, shapes, and sizes? Sure. Sure. Uh, all all forms of tobacco don't exist right now. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, if we if we do this, that and the other with with this plant, we, it'll, it'll become a thing that we can smoke. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not illegal. It's 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 going to be totally legal. Really? Can yeah. Because no. if you think about if you think about what it does. Uh, rather, what it did for the medical community. For all these years, it wasn't until, what, the 19, 1970s, 1980s, when they started really instilling, hey, we, we, have, we have to have some rules about how we advertise this, we, you know, the general surgeon's warning, all that stuff, not putting it in kids' cartoons. I mean, that all happened, and all of the health research that we have about our lungs and, and and all that i don't think that we would be that aware from from anything else i mean we would understand carcinogens and and whatnot you know inhaling co2 or just you know carbon monoxide rather is bad but i don't i don't know if we would if if we would correlate that directly with cigarettes right off the bat, I'm not saying they won't be illegal eventually. Well, that's the thing is in, but, in today's era, like it would have to go through the FDA. It'd have to 
you know, go through all this rigmarole to get on store shelves. And during that process, someone's going to test it and be like, wait a second, this has got some nasty stuff in it. Let's not, let's not put this on shelves. So the best correlation I can come up with uh, for right now would be vaping. But that's still with nicotine and and all of that still around. Like it, Mm, I guess it's already in, in society, right? It's already acceptable. It's already unregulated for the most part in comparison to, let's say weed or alcohol. I just, I don't feel like if someone weren't were to introduce that, we would have the amount of watchdogs that we have today. Like we have the amount of people that care about health because where it stemmed from. And it basically stemmed from things like cigarettes and the amount of people that were smoking, the amount of people that or amount of kids that were smoking, and then all the negative effects from cigarettes introduced myriad amount of doctors to the harms that could happen to the lungs and stuff. So I'm I'm saying if that were taken out of the equation, I don't think that there would be such a huge focus or understanding as we do ha- as we do today. So you're saying cigarettes helped us progress our knowledge of nasty things, of things that are bad for the body. I mean, think about why we know so much about certain drugs. It's because we had we created them and we had to take them. Or not had to, but we had people take them and we studied it. LSD, cocaine, crack, speed, weed. We we studied it. You're saying that if we don't if we hadn't had uh tobacco for all these years and tobacco just suddenly popped up randomly someone figured out hey we could smoke this that we would immediately say immediately say no we shouldn't smoke it no i don't, I don't think people would have that reaction i think people was like how do you feel well, i feel great awesome just sell it to everybody i don't think i don't think that we people would be so scared of it well the other side of things is you got to remember all of those other drugs you listed were tested right and i don't think that's going to change if we eliminate tobacco and then introduce it i think it'd still just be the same thing of let's see what's going on here is this going to cause cancer is this going to kill everyone who takes it is this poisonous oh hey actually it it does a lot of that all right well maybe we should not do that well that's my but that's my point you're you're uh you're in your hypothetical of the question what intro, what would be introduced today that would be considered illegal? Are you saying right out right out of the gate or eventually? Oh man, right out of the gate. Like it, it. I feel like it would try to hit store shelves, and people would be immediately like, "Let's test this before it hits store shelves." But they wouldn't know how to test it. We know what to test with now because we've had decades of tests to correlate it to. But. But we still have all those other drug tests, right? Right, but they're not, you know, you're not, I mean, for some some of the drugs you're smoking, but not all of them. So you're saying it would be it'd take a delayed effect. You'd, you'd have to let people take it and then start realizing, wait a second, this is causing cancer, this is causing um, 
gum decay, like all these other issues. Like it take time. pretty much what pretty much what happened before. The exact the exact same timeline that happened before will happen now, just delayed a couple of hundred years because you know tobacco was introduced what and i don't know in egyptian times and do you it, think it, it just would be, do you think it would be shortened at least i think with medical advancements because that we we have the advancements with testing other substances yes i just i just don't think that if it were introduced today that it would it would be such a concern. I mean, it would, it's hard. It's, it's hard for me to think of the hypothetical because every time I, I, every time I envision someone saying, Hey, try out this new thing. My immediate reaction is to say, no, don't try that out. You don't know if it's going to do you harm, but we only have that mentality because we grew up with it. We grew up with the mentality that cigarettes are bad, that weed is bad or whatever. Right. Because that's what our parents, but, but that, if, that if other ones would still be around, right? So you you would have that same thing. Hey, try this new thing called a cigarette, and you'd be like, "Wait, if it's anything like all these other drugs, I'm a little wary of that." But the other drugs are already illegal. If cigarettes weren't illegal right from the get go, and they're they're you were to buy them in stores, no one's going to tell you that they're bad. If you treated cigarettes like weed. Then yeah, it's it's gonna cause it's it's gonna cause an influx of people, you know, trying to hide cigarette smoke, and it's it's hard to believe now. Well, what else would be illegal? Not to get into a conspiracy theory kind of thing here, but if something were to be deemed illegal now that wasn't available before at all, I would say encrypted messaging. You think um, encrypted messaging would be illegal or non-encrypted messaging would be illegal? Having the ability to have end-to-end encryption on your messaging platform would be illegal. So platforms like um, Skype that have now introduced it, platforms like WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, that ability would be illegal if that were introduced today and the reason is because again as we're living in this current political climate if someone were to say hey i have a way for people to communicate where you can't see what they're saying whatsoever it's just gobbledygook the government will come down saying this is uh unconstitutional because this that and the other thing they'll they'll come up with some sort of bs to combat the having the concept of encrypted messaging so you're not saying it would be illegal because it is wrong you're saying it'd be illegal because the government wouldn't like it correct there's a lot of things that the government makes illegal because they don't like it and that's not wrong I mean, look at weed but the yeah it's the the government they want to have the ability to go to big companies like Facebook and say, hey, can we see the conversation between Quentin and Tony? Uh, yeah, but you're not going to be able to see anything because they encrypted their message. Aw, shucks. But if it was illegal and it was made illegal before it became a big thing, 
then the government would, would have no qualms or bill or problem having a warrant and saying, hey, now we can see what Tony and Quentin have been talking about. And guess what, guys? We talk about Star Wars. Yay. I need to see Solo so bad. Oh, my gosh. That's oh, my gosh. I'm not even going to get started on that. Um, But wouldn't they want to use the encryption, though, for their own messages? How many times do you know the government has something that's illegal, but they do it themselves? Okay. <laughs> Again, I'm telling you, this is a conspiracy theory that I have, but it's not a conspiracy conspiracy theory because it's a theory is you know it's it's something based that in reality is, a little like I could. It's I could a little based in reality, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a conspiracy hypothesis. Yeah, I'll take that. It's less of a theory and just there's more of like a I could see this happening. Not necessarily that it would, but in some reality. Might be our own, might not be. Well, hey guys, that was riveting. Oh, as my, always, riveting. Quentin. That's a new thank one. you very much. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I thought it was really good. I, I thought we d- <laughs> dove deep. I never I'm said sorry if you didn't was think a bad so. Word. I'm just saying like that's yeah, that's oh, a new it's one. It's fine if you didn't think so. If you didn't like the conversation, <laughs> if if people want to talk to you and also have riveting conversations, where would they find you? On Twitter, Instagram, and Xbox at Firewall. You guys can follow me on Twitter under Lazy Tech Tony, Xbox Live under Hannity's, and under my YouTube channels, Lazy Tech TV, Lazy Tony Vapes, and Lazy Tony Vlogs. All links can be found in the description down below. You can follow both of us on Twitter at Still Recording. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you share this podcast and you give us a review on iTunes really does help and we'll talk to you guys in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye guys.